At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Adam Shine Podcast. Ah, yes. Episode number two of the Adam Shine Podcast. And we are thrilled to be back with you. Busy week in the NFL, week number one, a lot of fun. Can't wait for week number two. We're going to have a tremendous episode number two. We have a great guest, one of my all-time favorite human beings, childhood friend of mine, former NFL linebacker Keith Bullock, wanted to get him on, A, because I love him, B, because he is absolutely tapped into the NFL, and C, he's Mr. Tennessee Titan and paid very close attention to the Tennessee Titans and their colossal upset special against the Cleveland Browns. So we'll have a lot of fun with Keith Bullock coming up in a little bit. We're going to give you our picks, best bets for the week. We'll give you my ups and downs, really my downs and downs and more downs from my week one in fantasy football. We're going to start with some opinions and some takes After a wild week one, a lot of opinions on the AFC North and why, if you're a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, you can absolutely positively think Super Bowl. I want to hit on the four teams from the weekend and now moving forward in the AFC North. The Patriots smothered, humbled, embarrassed, humiliated the Pittsburgh Steelers. 33-3. Wasn't even that close. How did they get three? In fact, even better, why did they get three? Mike Tomlin trying to get it within 17? And basically, if you could read the body language, and when you host a television radio show, I am a body language expert. It's part of my job. It's like page three of my contract. You read body languages, and then you react to it. I mean, the Steelers, when he decided to kick that field goal, I mean, you could have started the bus. You could have put it, if you look closely on the NBC cameras, you could have seen a postage stamp on the foreheads of the Steelers players. And at least now I don't have to, at the end of the day, read any of these dopey articles about Oh, kumbaya, happy, happy, joy, joy, Steelers going to be A-OK. You know, it's all about chemistry. They don't need Brown. They don't need Bell. The Pittsburgh Steelers have personnel problems. And by the way, Mike Tomlin, you know, he's not buttoned up as a coach. Ben Roethlisberger leads the league in drama. They got smashed in New England, as I mentioned. I told you that that New England was one of the best bets of the week. And James Conner, great story. He's not a legit starting running back. They don't have the depth at receiver. The defense is a mess. And I'll say it again, the Pittsburgh Steelers, not making the playoffs this year. The Cleveland Browns, yikes. And we'll get into it with Keith Bullock coming up in a little bit. But it's one thing to lose. It's another thing to lose by 30. And I picked the Browns to make the playoffs, and I'm not getting off that at all. But my one... Yeah, but when it came to Cleveland. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, but Freddie Kitchens is the coach. And I said on my SiriusXM radio show and also on TV, on Time to Shine on CBS Sports Network, I hated the hire. It felt like a shotgun marriage. There's no way John Dorsey took the Browns job 
and he knew he was going to eventually fire Hugh Jackson. No way he took the job and said, that's my guy, Freddie Kitchens. In fact, he thought so little of Freddie Kitchens when he finally fired Hugh Jackson, he made Greg Williams the interim head coach. So I did not like the hire. There's no doubt Baker Mayfield wanted it. And he got Freddie Kitchens post-game talking about no composure. Freddie, you're the head coach. That starts with you. The penalties, Greg Robinson completely out of control. So I'm not getting off the Browns bandwagon. I still believe in Baker. He was terrible. But this is a front-running team. And they better beat the Jets coming up on Monday night or the wheels are going to fall off fast. They should beat the Jets. I'll pick them to beat the Jets, but this is a front-running team. I don't think it's exaggeration to call this a must-win, as big of a must-win game as you could ever have in Week 2. By the way, if they fall to 0-2 and Odell's still wearing dopey watches and you know they still have penalties, I mean, I don't think it's exaggeration to say Freddie Kitchens will be on the hot seat if this spiral's out of control. Lamar Jackson, I love him. And he was perfect against Miami, and please don't tell me it was just Miami. We had Lamar Jackson on our SiriusXM radio show a week before the season started. He knew he was going to be vastly improved. He loves Greg Roman, the new offensive coordinator. Five touchdowns for Lamar. He was simply sensational. I've always believed in him as a quarterback. Amazing guy, really smart, great talent, great arm, great athlete. And the Ravens have a great organization. I mean, Eric DaCosta, their great GM, drafted Hollywood Brown. Bam, two touchdowns. Mark Andrews at tight ends. The Harbaugh hires the aforementioned Greg Roman. The Baltimore Ravens, who I did not pick to make the playoffs. Lamar Jackson is absolutely for real. And by the way, four teams in the AFC North. And one is going to be dreadful with wins and losses. I actually want to seize the moment. Seriously. And give some love to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals played their derrieres off in week number one. Bengals are going to be awful, okay? Jordan Williams, a first-round pick. He got hurt. He's not going to play this year. A.J. Green, future Hall of Famer. He's not going to play this year. I love the Zach Taylor hire. This team was absolutely in it against Seattle. That stunned the hell out of me on the road. I, I don't want to hear, well, he was only hired because he worked for Sean McVay. Let me tell you something. First of all, the Sean McVay tree is real and spectacular. Second of all, Zach Taylor knows what he's doing. And if they end up getting a top two pick next year, they get a quarterback, this will end up being a building block season for the Cincinnati Bengals. And the final topic I want to hit before we bring in Keith Bullock, the Dallas Cowboys. You know, oftentimes you got to look at Cowboys fans and say they're on planet delusional when it comes to their team. This team has a realistic chance of winning the Super Bowl. And this is not an overreaction to week one. This is a reaction to what we've been saying on Shine On Sports, on Time to Shine, television, radio, writing at NFL.com, all offseason. And to me, the biggest story from week one for Dallas, they have a new play caller, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore was sensational. The rhythm, the pace. Dak Prescott was unbelievable, throwing the football, spreading around. Gallup, Cooper, Jason Witten thrilled for him in his return. Zeke was there. Zeke always makes Dak, not the other way around. You can absolutely win a Super Bowl with this group. Incredible defense, for my money, best in the league. Incredible linebackers. Great offensive line. I'm always going to be petrified about Jason Garrett. Oftentimes, can't coach his way out of a paper bag. But Kellen Moore, I think, can certainly help this team, put Dak in position to be successful, his confidence level through the roof. When we had Dak Prescott on the show at the Super Bowl, I told him to hold on the contract because he was going to have the best year of his life. I'm telling you, it's happening.
Coming up next here on the Adam Shine Podcast, I'm telling you, this is absolutely tremendous. One of my childhood friends, longtime NFL star, my guy, fellow Syracuse Orangeman, Keith Bullock is next on the Adam Shine Podcast. It's Shine on Sports with Adam Shine. Finally, the Zeke deal is done. Ezekiel Elliott has a new contract, and it had to happen. He makes Dak better. He makes Amari Cooper better. That means the Dallas Cowboys are officially a legit, viable candidate for the Super Bowl. Shine on sports. Shine on sports. Weekdays from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Second ever guest on the Adam Shine podcast, and... This one is as good as it gets. One of the great linebackers in the NFL in the last 30 years. Tennessee Titans legend, but most especially, childhood friend of mine. We grew up together in New City, New York. My longtime friends, the greats, Keith Bullock. KB, how are you? I'm doing great. I I appreciate. I didn't realize I was number two. I mean that that means a lot. That's like that's like real deal, like family stuff right there. I, you know, we've come a long way since uh, we were asked to be alternates on that seventh grade uh, Babe Ruth team. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I appreciate that. I, it, it's funny, and, and you have to understand. Keith and I grew up together. We played baseball together forever. We played Little League, Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth Prep, Mickey Mantle when we were sixteen. So let's actually start with that story, okay? Sixteen. It was a sixteen-year-old league, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's you're hundred percent right. So what they did is the 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 people who were in charge of the league thought they had this. This team that was going to go to the the World Series. This is a true story. Keith, I mean, he already started the story. He's going to back this up. So they expanded it from just our town of New City to Clarkstown to get some better players involved in the league. So, you know, Keith and I were always great players growing up. He was a little bit better than I was, as you could probably imagine. We were always all-stars. Always all-stars. Always all-stars. So 15 kids make the team. And they had 19 kids on the roster, and then 15 are designated for the actual game day roster, as Keith alluded to. There were four alternates, and two of the four alternates. So, in essence, we got cuts. Keith Pretty Bullock much. and Adam Shine. And by the way, because I don't ever forget anything, that team, which had aspirations of going to the World Series, they changed the rules. Double elimination, first round, couldn't even get out of yeah. the county, lost their first two games. So, yeah, I, yo, so what I remember about that is I remember I got cut, I felt like, for one of the new coaches' sons. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we both did for one of the new coaches' sons. We're alternate. And I'll never, never forget Mr. Mariko telling me, he had, you know, I think I was riding home with him, and he was like, it's all right, kid, you still got football. And I was like, <laughs> yo, you know what? And, you know, Adam, I swear, like, from that day on, I never played baseball, organized baseball again. I played AAU basketball and football um, the rest of high school, and I just never played played again. You know, and I always felt growing up, and you actually just helped back this up, you know, and you obviously have this tremendous NFL career. I always thought growing up it was for you maybe talents and or love 
it was baseball, basketball, football, and that actually was a big turning point for you focusing on football. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, you know, because we come from a town, it's, it's fun, you know, Little League, then it gets more serious, then it gets, I guess, to the level where it really turns up. Like, I guess I'm on the verge of high school that year, and to kind of be excluded from that process, um, yeah, I had other things to fall back on, and you know, um, I didn't have someone like, you know, uh, I didn't have a father figure or a parent, so to say, within, you know, the organization to kind of like, you know, stand up for me or, you know, I, it just, I just didn't care at that point because like you, um, I knew it was BS, so we just keep it moving. And, and by know? the way, the other part of that story, there were four kids who got cut. And three of us are literally, and they cut us on the field. Do you remember that? They cut us on the field. Yeah, I do. I remember because we was walking. Yeah, like we're walking out of like the dugout, and that's what Mr. Mariko said. It was insane. They cut (laughs) us on. We were 15 years old. They cut us on the damn field. And and Uh, I'll never forget this. You know, and three of us are crying. I was one of the three. And you came right up to me after you talked to Mr. Mariko, and you put your arm around me and said, Shine, the two of us are going to be all right. And by the way, years later, it turned out the two of us were all right, right? Yeah, it, it, it absolutely worked out. It definitely worked out. Um, yeah, like I say, man, you know, we started a long time ago, and to, to be here on your second ever podcast, we got real stories. <laughs> I mean, real stories. And by the way, you know, ESPN years ago did did the feature on you, and it was amazing, and your background, and, and your childhood, and you know, new city where we grew up, you know, certainly heavy Jewish population. And you were Captain Bar Mitzvah going to Bar Mitzvah sometimes two, three a weekend growing up in Rockland County. Yeah, this is that is the absolute truth. You know, like, so growing up, like Bobby Brown, Michael Jackson, you know, that was in my household. Like, you know, music was in my household before I went into foster care and moved into my foster home. So when it came, by the time I was in seventh grade, you know, I didn't even know what a bar or bot mitzvah was. But <laughs> fortunately for me, I had friends in A-wing, B, I mean, A-wing, D-wing, the three different wings of our junior high. So, yeah, I was always there. And when it was time to dance, man, you know, I was cutting, I was tearing it up, capping bar I mean, can you imagine being at a bar mitzvah? You know, you're out there, you're doing a whole run there. There's Keith Bullock, and he's he's doing his thing, little, little yeah. Bobby Brown, little Michael Jackson. Yeah, the aunties and the grandparents are loving me. Yo, I, you know, the day where they're throwing them up in the chair, I've seen multiple grandfathers, grandparents fall out of the chair. They drop the grandparents. So I definitely have had. I've seen, my, seen the drunk aunts, the drunk uncles, the drunk kids. You know, so it's all good. Oh, man. And then part of the beauty of my friendship with Keith, we went to Syracuse together, where yeah. he became this unbelievable ball player and eventually first-round pick of the of the Tennessee Titans. You know, Keith, sometimes I have to explain to the kids who are in school now, who come and intern for us, you remember Syracuse football every single Saturday used to be an event. I mean, you played with Donovan. My my four years in, in college, your four of your five, you were redshirted your first year. I mean, every single Saturday was a show for Syracuse football. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, those were fun times. And that's all, that's what I know from college football. And, of course, you know, the upper echelon then were the Florida States and the Floridas and, you know, um, who else won the national? Nebraska won one one that mm-hmm. um, during that time. But yeah, to go to Syracuse and to be able to compete, and we always start the season um, ranked, and to just be um, one of those teams always in the mix, it, it was a pretty awesome experience. Um, and that that kind of you know that's why I got I was very excited this past weekend. You know, the team we started ranked uh, for the first time since I was there in '98. And, you know, to be honest, um, I, I drank the Kool-Aid, man. I drank the Kool-Aid. I, was, yeah. you know, I feel like um, if you're a ranked team, you're supposed to come out and play a certain way. Like, okay, you can lose. I just wasn't feeling the fashion that we lost. And I was a little bit hard on them on Twitter. But at the same time, you know, now I've been knocked back down to reality, you know. So um, I still have faith in our eyes to show up and do big things. Um you know, this season. I think Dino's the right guy at the right time for this year. I was so heartbroken about Saturday. I, you know, I thought we would beat Maryland, close game, fun game, and here we go. We'll lose against Clemson, but I was like, oh, excited. Right. I mean, we beat him before, close game last year. Uh, you, you like Dino Babers? Think he's the right guy for Syracuse? Yeah, I absolutely do. I think Dino is great. Each year he gets the program better. He gets guys in there that actually look like football players. You know, there was a time um, where we I didn't even know what we were fielding. So these guys actually do and play like real, real, like how college football is supposed to be played. Um, I just definitely feel that, you know, everything's a learning experience. It's still a young team. Now they know what it's like to be ranked and to have a bullseye on your chest. And I think that, you know, with that loss, they'll definitely bounce back and get better as the season goes. But, you know, it's just the growing pains of uh, rebuilding program. Let's hit the Tennessee Titans and the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, you are in Nashville. You're very close to the Titans. You're always paying attention to what's going on. You do a lot of stuff for them. And you're always honest, objective. In any way, shape, or form, Keith, I mean, this was an old-fashioned derriere whooping on the road against a supremely talented team. 30 points. My goodness. Did you see this happening? Um, I, I did not. I definitely didn't see it happening. You know, from the start, if someone would have said uh, to open the season, that would be the score. I definitely wouldn't have said that. But as the game was going on, Adam, we got to like the second quarter. Um, the, Cleveland just kept shooting themselves in the foot, and I think I like even said like, you know, Cleveland has no discipline. So you know, the Titans should definitely capitalize because Mike Vrabel teams are very disciplined. So I did know that. Look, at the end of the day, Cleveland wasn't gonna be able to sustain what they how they started out because it came out hot. And with football, you just have to be able to take the first punch, get back to the drawing board, see what see how they're trying to attack you, and um, go from there. And I think um, Dean Pease, man, his his defensive game plans are, are pretty sick. The way he um, has those guys attacking the, that uh, front seven. I love that, and you can see that in, in the game. Tell me about Vrabel. I, I love him from afar. I love that hire. The team seems really disciplined, buttoned up. You a fan of Mike Vrabel coaching the Tennessee Titans? 
So far, so good. And to be honest, I've been a fan of every coach that's been through here. I watch it very objectively. You know, I'm not one of those former players with a very true. strong opinion yeah. um, on the coaches. You know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah, you know, I feel like you got to give him an opportunity to, to do his thing. And I think Vrabel has definitely set a precedence amongst his team. His players respect him, and I think that's first and foremost. You know, players can tell when you're, when you're not telling the truth or you're – you know, um, you know, you got some some flaws in your game or some dishonesty. So they're they're buying into what Mike has been coaching and telling them and preaching. And I think his hands-on approach is something that a lot of guys haven't seen. And just from the outside looking in, you know, I respect that a whole hell of a lot because I'm I'm 42 and I'm not trying to get out there and let um Harold Landry pass rushing <laughs> on this field. <laughs> Keith, how good is Marcus Mariota as a quarterback? Uh, man, you know, that's a great question. Um, I think Marcus is Marcus is good enough to to get the Titans to the Super Bowl and win. You know, I wouldn't say Marcus is a top-tier quarterback. I think that uh, playing with five different coordinators, four or five different coordinators in that many years, five years, is kind of, you know, hampered his progress as far as growth learning one system but his overall football knowledge is there and you know I think it's just key for Marcus to stay healthy one full season so you know he can go ahead and get the max deal that he probably feels he deserves and um, you know I don't think Mariota is playing for that though he just plays for the love of the game and he's a, he's a winner at the end of the day he's a Heisman Trophy winner and he's won playoff games so Regardless, um, he might not be a Tom Brady or Joe Brees or even, you know, as electrifying as Sean Watson, so to speak, so far early in his career or Mahomes. But I think he – I know he could definitely get the job done. Can he be Dak Prescott? We talked about the Cowboys earlier where, you know, if you have a defense and a run game, and Tennessee certainly does. You know, and I always like Mariota. You know, I thought his first two years really good. You're spot on about the whole coordinator thing, and that's not spin or exaggeration. Right. That that's just fact, okay? It's and that tough. that yeah. that's real. And I've I've talked to Marcus about that. Can he be Dak Prescott for the Tennessee Titans? Yeah, I mean, look, look, <laughs> look. If Dak Prescott can carry on what he did from week one. You know, that'd be great. But, yeah, he has the opportunity to be better than Dak Prescott. It's just a matter of how this offense opens up for him as the year goes on. Uh, he has the running back that will make a, make them play an eight-, nine-man box because you don't want to let Derrick Henry go. And so, therefore, the play action is already built in. But I think Marcus has to start scaring people with his arm. You know, he has to show a little bit more accuracy with the deep ball downfield because he has the receivers to go get it. You already see Brown is going to emerge as one of those ball players if you just get him the ball, Corey Davis, Delaney. So he has the weapons there. I just say, like I said, he's in a new system again, not too new. He's familiar with it, but him settling down, getting comfortable, and just trusting all his physical attributes, arm included, to get the job done. I had to laugh out loud at Delaney Walker's channeling his inner Denny Green. Yeah, Denny Green. <laughs> <laughs> that was just, that's, that's good. That was, so what did you think, Keith, of the Browns before the season? What do you think of the Browns now? Well, I just feel that the, the Browns are drinking, like the Browns are just on their own high. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get Odell Beckham Jr., who's one of the most electrifying players in the league, 
Baker Mayfield had a great rookie year. You have the pieces there. Obviously, you have uh, Juice Landry, um, defensive. Like, so they're stacked, but you see that they're not ready. They're not ready. If you get 18, you commit 18 penalties, five of them personal fouls. They're away from the ball, meaning they're non-football-related penalties that are chunks that are killing you, that are giving the other team field position. Um, I honestly see them. They could go 8-8, eight and eight, but they're not, the super, they're not a Super Bowl contender. I definitely don't see them. I don't want to say definitely because anything can happen. Um, it's still week one, but they have a lot of things to do internally, like leadership standpoint, all that stuff. Um, you know, I don't understand what's the point of wearing a, a you know hundred thousand dollar watch. And what the hell was that, Keith? To to each their own, but you know, if I'm like reading through the lines, you know, Odell is a very fashion savvy guy, and you know that's this is this is a football game. You know, there's no new trends that are going to be you know started by one Richard Melee sponsored watches for advertisement and I'm and I hope they shut that down ASAP. Yeah, and it doesn't sound like that's going to happen, which which leads me to Freddie Kitchens. I mean, when you're talking about those penalties and the variety and the kind of penalty, isn't that in some way shape or form coaching? Yeah, I believe it all starts from the top. And that's what I'm saying. Like, they've all been believing their hype. And even Coach Kitchens has to be guilty of that. If his team comes out, they set a record on your first game as a head coach for penalties. So you've been letting everything fly. You've been not been on your guys or teaching discipline. Um, you know, discipline is one of those things that is very important for the culture of a football team if you want to have any success. So, you know, Freddie Kitchens coming in there, um, first-year coach, uh, having almost 20 penalties, uh, yeah, there's a lot There's a lot that's not being addressed. There's a lot I feel that, you know, um, he, he's going to have to tie down with, between, you know, last week and this week. So you were not taking the cheese on Cleveland. You're thinking eight and eights, nine and seven. Who do you like in the in the AFC North? You like Baltimore? I uh, see. Like right now, I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna buy Baltimore right yet. Uh, I feel like they have the makings to be um, a, a very good team. But once they get against uh, a real game plan, I don't think. I think there's a lot of different things going on in Miami. You know that, like once again, was non-football related. And for Florida to be a first, a first-year head coach. Unlike Gruden, who can handle the whole, you know, situation he had going on, come out and get a prime time win, I think that was a, a different situation. But I'm gonna go with Pittsburgh, man. I, I feel like Pittsburgh always finds a way to be there at the, at the end of the day. Although Kansas, I mean Cincinnati looked very good, um, I, I gotta stay with Pittsburgh until somebody really shows me that they want to dominate that conference. Okay, let me make sure that we get the appropriate headline here because the guy who once, and I always had your back, for all the right reasons, stomped on the terrible towel, and I loved every (laughs) single second of it, Keith Bullock is picking the Pittsburgh Steelers to win the division. Yeah, you know why? Because, um, you know, I had an opportunity to spend some time with that team, and I know, you know, what they're they're made of. And like we said, it starts from the top, and some people – might not agree or um, really like the way that Coach Tomlin goes about things. I know at the end of the day, 
he gets his guys ready to play when when things really matter. Um, you can't tell from that from that opening season loss. No, nope. um, I, I think that you know things will come around. If things don't come around, you know there might be other headlines about the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know uh, later later in the year. Final question, Keith, and you reference you're 42. I'm 42. Tom Brady's 42 years old. I mean, I I remember when Drew Henson, Tom Brady, and Michigan came to the Carrier Dome in 1999. You and Tom were drafted in the same draft. He was a six-round pick. You were a first-round pick. I mean, now you're on the Adam Shine podcast, you know, after <laughs> yeah, your right? after your incredible career. Do you sit I back and say, I mean, isn't it just amazing? It's crazy. Um, yeah, man, you know what? And we played – we actually went to Michigan the year before and played them in the big house. And I remember a play, and I, Tom will remember it too. He has to, just just football memory, where, like, I was literally calling out the, the plays that they were running, like, because, like, I remember I wanted to go to Michigan. They kind of snubbed me, but I remember that. And then the whole Drew Henson thing, and I always, you know – had a thing like I always kind of felt some kind of way when that situation happened to Tom in college um but yeah man it's amazing that yeah he's still out there man like I said I've been retired 10 years and he's still doing it at a very 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 high level and it just goes to show you know the mastery that he has of the quarterback position as well as you know, his body, man. You know, you have to take care of your body. Like I, we both said, we're 42. I guarantee you I'm not in shape like Tom Brady. No. Nope. You know what I mean? I might look the part, but I, you know, it's an awesome <laughs> look. I got three girls. So when I go pick them up for school, I got to kind of look like, uh, you know, I can still do it. But it's not happening. So, yeah, man, he's the GOAT. Definitely. He's the GOAT of my time. You know, and he's in my draft class. So, as much love as I have for Peyton, I got a you know class of 2000, I got to rock with uh, Tom Brady. And bringing it full circle, how much do you love being a dad? Three girls, beautiful kids. You know, you think back to your childhood, and now you have three amazing kids. How much do you love every second of this? Yeah, man, it's, it's like you say, it brings it full circle because, you know, now you're at the point, like my oldest is 11, I can really sit down and reflect and be like, damn, I remember when I was 11. Um, and just being a complete 100% dad in their life, you know, obviously, you know, we have to make ends meet and do the things that we have to do in our life. But, you know, we include them in that. Like, you include your daughters in your broadcasting team. They've yep. been up too serious. They, you know, they know what dad does. They know where, you know, they know I used to play football and, you know, I've taken them to Titans games and they're not too interested. But, you know, I try, <laughs> I try and get them to win at least once a year. They're like, yeah, daddy, as long as we can have the, the box and get some popcorn. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> so they're more into, like, the snacks and stuff like that. But, they know what's up. <laughs> yeah, they do. And they got an unbelievable dad. Keith, you're the best. He's Captain Bar Mitzvah. Great stuff. Sure. Great talking to you. Congrats on everything. Great breakdown of everything going on in the NFL. Talk to you again real soon. Thanks for having me, man. Take care. Best of luck. My guy, Keith Bullock. 
For more of me, Adam Shine, and who doesn't want more me? I love me. You can listen to me on my Sirius XM radio show, Shine on Sports. We always get the best guests. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Steph Curry. I mean, we live for this. Best guests in all of sports talk radio, best callers. It airs every weekday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Sirius XM, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82. You can also listen to the radio show on demand with the Sirius XM app. Adam Shine, not telling you to wager on football, but here we go. I hope you heard the best bets from last week. I told you the Rams were a lock, and I told you the New England Patriots were going to smash the Pittsburgh Steelers. I went 10-6 and six picking games against the spread on Shine on Sports and on Time to Shine. Bob Stew and Mikey Fitz, they always pick the games with me on radio. Bob went 11-5. and five. So he's feeling really good about things. Aside from the fact that I said the Steelers was the best bet of the week. Nice job, Bob. Way to go, Bob. Nice (laughs) job, Bob. Now, by the way, this is how it's going to go all year. I told you Thursday night my kids are going to pick against me. So I won last week, and Jolie won, and Maya won. Theo lost when I told him on Friday. He said, Dad, I was kidding. I meant to take the Packers. <laughs> so what spread are we using? I got a, I got the six and a half for Thursday? Correct. Panthers are favored at home by six and a half points over the Bucks. By the way, Jolie saw the promo for this game, and, and she we were watching Monday Night Football together. She goes, Bucks, Panthers, this is the game on Thursday night? This is the big rivalry game? I could not have been any more proud at that moment. So Jolie's going to take the points. With wow. the Bucks, Theo's going with the Panthers to win and cover. Maya's going with the Panthers to win and cover. And I hate myself for doing this. I know Bob just looked at me like I'm crazy. Don't do it. I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, you can't take I, the And Bucks. I think Jameis is the worst. You know I can't stand Jameis. I think six and a half is too big a number. I don't think Cam Newton's healthy. Yeah, I don't think Cam's healthy either. Christian McCaffrey's going to be amazing. Christian McCaffrey is unbelievable. The Bucs defense couldn't stop the 49ers at home. They're not going to be able to stop Carolina. By the way, I think the Cowboys are the best bets this week. What do we have the line at for Washington? Dallas is a four and a half point road favorite in the nation's capital. I think they're going to smash Washington. All right, give me a couple others. We got to do this every week. Bill's Mafia. Oh, yeah. I think you're the mayor or the governor. You have some sort of title for Bill's Mafia. I told you the Bills are making the playoffs. Down 16-0, never a doubt against the Jets. Look, you're going to be scarred by this line. The Bills are favored by two points (laughs) on the road. Does Pat Shermer know what he's doing? Seriously, don't run Saquon Barkley on third and short, fourth and short. There's literally no evidence that Pat Shermer knows what he's doing as a head coach. The Bills will smash the Giants. Another good one, Patriots-Dolphins. Now, the line opened at 14 and a half. Uh, it quickly exploded. The line is now in New England, favored by 18 and a half over the Dolphins. It's continuing to rise. And we're taping this at 2.26 Eastern time on a Tuesday, so who knows what this is going to be. <laughs> I'll take New England, and I'm assuming Jared Stidham's going to play in the fourth quarter. What would the number have to be for you to take Miami? 22? 24. 24 points. Yeah. 24. Because three touchdowns and a field goal, I could see the Dolphins maybe some garbage time getting a couple of those points back. It'd have to be. Now, remember, Belichick loves Brian Flores, so maybe he doesn't want to run it up against him. I don't know, but you saw the end. I know he hates the Steelers. 
The Patriots played all their stars the whole game. Brady was on the field in the fourth. I know. The game was 30 points. It was over. Mike's kicking field goals, and Bill's running out Brady. I love it. <laughs> what else do we got? Give me a couple others. Another good one, the Bears. They're only two-point favorites on the road. Denver opened as the favorite. Obviously, that changed after the Oakland game. So, the Bears, two-point road favorites. I told you Matt Nagy didn't know what he was doing, and Mitch Trubisky and the season opener couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. I don't like Joe Flacco, though. I, I don't think the Bears are making the playoffs. I like the Bears a lot against Denver. Fangio gives me a little bit of pause there. The Vic Fangio revenge game? Yeah, and he knows the offense. He knows where Trubisky's going to run. The Bears are so much better than Denver. They have to win that game by at least seven. Not even close in terms of talent. You're right. right. And I'll give you another one. Eagles-Falcons. What Are you trying to hurt me? Every year I take the Falcons to make the playoffs. (laughs) I took them to beat Minnesota outright week one. What's the line on this game? Well, I got a question for you. What do you think the line is? What do you think the line opened at? What do you think it is? It's in Atlanta, Sunday night. Eagles by two? The Eagles are favored by one, and it opened as a pick Wow. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. You know I'm going to take the Falcons by the time our Friday show rolls around. You're absolutely crazy. You can't take the Falcons. They have no offensive line. They can't block anybody. Matt couldn't hit anybody last game. The Eagles are going to win that game by a touchdown. Come on. We'll do some fantasy football next. Here's what's on Shine's mind. I finally, for the first time in my life, did daily fantasy. Bob, I'm absolutely positively obsessed. My kids' league, we lost. And I don't want to throw my under the bus, but she insisted on drafting Julian Edelman. The league that I'm in with friends and the town I'm in, I got smoked. Absolutely embarrassed. So 0-2. Daily Fantasy, how about this? Bob, you have my back. Who did I tell you was going to be my quarterback for Daily Fantasy? You said Lamar Jackson, didn't you? And I decided to go with Jimmy Garoppolo. (laughs) Tweaked the lineup last minute, but we have 17 guys. They're excellent in it. Love the, the dudes I'm in this league with. I ended up finishing 6 out of 17. I have it all figured out. I promise I'm going to bounce back. Theo says to me, though, how come we can't win in fantasy? I said, ask your sisters. They made bad picks. Adam Shine, fantasy football legend. I got to tell you, that was an absolute blast. Really appreciate you guys listening to another incredible edition and episode of the Adam Shine podcast. Keith Bullock, absolutely positively incredible Great taking a stroll down memory lane with my guy, KB. Great breakdown of everything going on in the NFL. Bob Stew, sensational. Our guy, thanks to our listeners on SiriusXM On Demand. Thanks to our listeners on Pandora. Thanks to our listeners on Apple with Stitcher. Please hit the subscribe button and leave a review if you love the Adam Shine podcast. And who doesn't love the Adam Shine podcast? You can always catch me, of course, every weekday on my SiriusXM radio show, Shine on Sports, airs from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. SiriusXM, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82. Thank you for listening to the Adam Shine Podcast, and we'll talk to you next week. This is the Adam Shine Podcast. Touchdown! For more from Adam Shine, listen to Shine on Sports on Mad Dog Sports Radio, weekdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, SiriusXM 82. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.